It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's deflected. And picked up Mason. He'll take it in. It's a pick six and a touchdown. Bell into the middle of that line. And it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. There was contact with a quarterback and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and what? it's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for the Chronicles of Nania, which means we are joined by the man that this show is named for. He is the resident stat geek over at JetsXFactor.com, Mr. Michael Nania. Michael, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. I'm I'm just kind of hoping to see all this Jamal Adams talk kind of die down and kind of focus more on what he can do on the football field, which is what we're going to do uh, here today. Because what he does on the field is, uh, contrary to what he does on Twitter, very exciting. So uh, hopefully eventually this is uh, a thing of the past and we can just focus on how great he is with the pads on for the Jets. As Chris Nimbley likes to say, Jamal Adams is extremely online. But on the football field, he is a special talent. There's no question about it. And he's actually been... One of the best pass rushers in the league situationally When you factor in his position and how many times he's deployed I'm not sitting here telling you that he should be a full-time edge rusher And I'm not saying that he's a better pass rusher overall Than somebody like, let's say, J.J. Watt or Von Miller But when you look at the efficiency of his pass rushing It's outstanding Michael, you've got some numbers here 18 pressures in 2018, which was a new record for safeties. And then the following year in 2019, last year, he topped that with a new record, 23 pressures. So this is a guy that despite playing a position that's not known for getting to the quarterback, can get to the quarterback. And you broke down at JetsXFactor.com recently exactly how Jamal Adams does this. Let's start with his hesitation move and the way he finesses his way to the quarterback. You broke this down well. How does he do it? Yeah, so I think, as you said, one of the biggest things that you have to understand uh, when looking at his pass rushing is that he's not going to play outside linebacker or edge rusher and uh, be able to survive there. He's That's not a transition he can make. He's of elite pass rushing safety, maybe the best ever, as we're going to uh, get into some of the numbers. You mentioned the records that, uh, that he set with pressures, but um, he's a 215-pound safety. He's not going to be able to survive in the edge full time but what he can do is rush the quarterback better than any other safety in the league can right now and maybe ever has so uh, everything he does do is great for a safety which is still very valuable but again it's not that he's going to you know be playing outside linebacker full time or anything like that but uh, as a safety you mentioned finesse that's the first thing that I got into in this article but I think this is one one of the biggest traits that makes him really special for safety because most defensive backs don't have a ton of polish to their pass rushing game and they really shouldn't because they do it so rarely but Adams you know does it so much and part of the reason he does do it so much is that Jets can rely on him to win in a a variety of different ways they don't need to time it well he can actually beat blockers uh, to get to the quarterback so on this play against the Redskins 
what he does really well is he kind of hesitates on his rush. Uh, he's coming off the left side and just gives a little hesitation, stops for just a beat. That gets the left tackle to open up. He breezes by, and he dips his inside shoulder like a polished edge rusher would, uh, and he gets through and gets the sack on Dwayne Haskins. So it's little things like that that most defensive backs just do not have in their game as pass rushers. That uh, that may, that brings him up to above above a defensive back who can only get what is schemed up for them to a guy who could get that and also win on his own. Jamal Adams can win with finesse, Michael, but it's not the only way that he wins. He also wins with his strength and his power. It's not something you would expect from somebody who's 215 pounds. But remember, as a safety, he's not always going up against 300-plus pound linemen. Sometimes he's going up against running backs like Saquon Barkley, who's a really good blocker for a running back, but not against Jamal Adams. Yeah, Saquon Barkley is generally a pretty good pass blocker, and he's known as one of the most muscular, strongest running backs in the league. And for Adams, that's a heavy diet of his pass rushing uh, opportunities. A lot of them are against running backs. When he does have to take on a blocker, it's usually a tight end or running back. And in those situations against running backs, and against tight ends too, but especially against running backs, they just do not have a chance against him. And we saw that in the Giants game on that, or both of those sacks against Daniel Jones, in which Adams was just able to destroy Saquon Barkley on his way to the quarterback and it's not just raw power and it goes back to his pass rushing skill Uh, he knows how to use his power he knows where to position his hands he knows how to um, just be able to get his you know I mentioned his hand positioning he can get his hand into the chest of the running back he can reposition his hand get it up on the shoulder move him out of the way he knows how to make the most of his power so not only is he too strong for running backs but he has the technical prowess to be able to make the most out of his strength so Uh, We saw that in the Giants game on full display and those two sacks against Daniel Jones. But that's another thing he brings to the table. So we talked about his finesse, but also he can go straight through you as well. So it's another tool that he brings to the table physically, but also his technical ability to make the most of his uh, physical tools is what allows him to be so strong uh, as a pass rusher against running backs. And certainly quickness, too, because you can have the power and you can have the finesse. But the quickness allows you to get around guys and be able to maneuver in a way that keeps them from being able to stop you. And Adams is especially adept at this. The thing about him is because he's 215 pounds, this is where the lack of size plays to his advantage. Because if he was bigger, there's no way he would be able to be as quick as he is at 215 pounds. But this is what makes him so difficult to defend coming out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. And on this one play against Oakland, he rushes off the edge and he goes one-on-one against the running back, Jalen Richard, uh, with the Raiders. And Adams does a really good job, a uh, really good job setting him up uh, down on the right side. And then he cuts back inside off of that outside foot. So uh, again, it just goes back to everything he does well. He does it really, he's really fundamentally sound with it. So yeah, he's quick, he's strong uh, and his instincts are really good, but what he does technically just with his hands, his feet, his timing, everything like that is just he's able to get the most out of what he has because he knows he just knows how to play the game and uh, the most efficient ways to go about getting from point A to point B, beating a blocker, uh, getting to the football. So he's just so technically sound with everything he does. So quickness is another thing he brings to the table. You can see him sidestep running backs, uh, dip underneath tight ends, things like that. Uh, He does have all those tools in his toolbox. And uh, again, most safeties just do not have these things 
as a pass rusher. So that this is a big part of why he's been able to break these records in terms of pressures. And timing, too, because you and I are both baseball fans, Michael, and we've seen this time and time again. A lot of what separates a great hitter from a poor hitter at the major league level and really any level of baseball is the ability to get a pitcher's timing down. Because if you can do that, then it's so much easier to be able to make contact with the ball. Of course, unless you're the Houston Astros and you're just cheating and you know what's coming ahead of time, that's a whole different story. But it's the same thing for somebody that's rushing the passer. If you can get the cadence and the timing down and figure out exactly what the rhythm is, you can come in and really disrupt that rhythm and disrupt that timing. And Jamal Adams has a perfect feel for that. His timing is impeccable so often when he's going after the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Snap timing is such a big part of pass rushing. A play in football just goes by so quick that the couple tenths of a second, the couple steps, that can be gained or lost in the time it takes from the ball to get from the center to the quarterback can, can be so huge. It can be the difference in the entire play. Sometimes it's said there are, uh, I've read a few times that you know a lot of coaches believe that the man who takes the third step is the one who wins the rep. So if you get the first step, your opponent takes the second, and you take the third, then you're probably going to win that battle. And that all comes down to snap timing. And as a defensive player, it's all about film study and just being able to recognize the stance of the offensive lineman, recognize the pre-snap motion, recognize, uh, the, as you said, the cadences from the quarterback. And Jamal Adams, his entire game, not just as a pass rusher, really comes down to his incredible, just a really, really good, feel for the game and his instincts and his film study. And uh, on, th- on this one play against the Giants, actually one of the two sacks against Jones, it really showed up. He times the snap so well that he's he's already on his way in by the time Jones catches the snap. He just times it so well that there's no way Barkley was going to have a chance to block him. So, yeah, when you watch it, it's his power that stands out, You know, actually beating the block, making the sack. But it's his snap timing that put him in position – to make this play because he's in there so quick that Barkley coming from the left to the right was not really going to have a chance to pick him up. So snap timing, another, another one of his elite traits as a pass rusher, but it also applies to all parts of his game, just his instincts and his film study showing up to give him an advantage that most players uh, do not get because he's reading it so well. And that, again, is the difference between an elite player like Adams and somebody who may be an outstanding athlete but not that great of a football player. We've seen this time and time again. The example I always use is when Earl Thomas was picked by the Seattle Seahawks, Taylor Mays, who had been Pete Carroll's player at USC, was upset that Carroll picked Earl Thomas out of Texas instead of his own guy, Taylor Mays, in the first round. Mays ended up going in the second round. But what Pete Carroll understood is that Earl Thomas had a feel for the game. He understood where things were going. He knew where the ball was going to be. He could read quarterbacks. He could read the receivers. He just had something that you can't teach. And Taylor Mays was an incredible athlete, straight line speed for days, but he just didn't have that feel. And that's why Taylor Mays washed out of the league after a couple of years. And Earl Thomas is one day going to go to Canton. And you see that with Jamal Adams because for all the talent that he has physically, and we've talked about it, for all the knowledge, everything, there is that innate ability that you just can't teach somebody, the ability to recognize things, that innate feel, the instinct 
to be exactly where you need to be when you need to be there to change things up when you see something that doesn't look right to you on the other end of the football field. So many things that other guys just don't have in them. And I think part of this has to be that Jamal Adams sort of has it in his blood because his father was an NFL player as well. So it's almost like it was passed on to him. But his recognition, his feel, his instincts are second to none. Right. And I I think mental speed is a lot more important than physical speed. And it's tough because we don't have a combine drill that measures how fast you can process things, but we do have one that measures how fast, you know, you can actually run 40 yards. So I think we pay a too much attention to that and not enough attention to how, how fast players can process things. Because again, I mentioned before, like how quick a football play is, how important it is to get off the snap so quickly. The play, the, the play goes so quickly that every single millisecond, every single step matters so much that, your, how fast you can process the play and understand what's going on matters just as much, probably a lot more than your actual speed does. Because, you know, if you're taking a, even a half second longer than another player to process a play, and even if you're a lot faster than that other player, you're not going to get there as quickly as he is because he's reading it quicker than you and breaking on it before you. So Adams just constantly, whether he's in coverage, run defense, pass rushing, Uh, He's always on top of the play, gets a good jump on the ball, knows where the ball is going. And that's really what makes him so great because even his combine numbers weren't that great. But on the field, he looks incredibly fast because he's just so on point with recognizing everything. He's getting off the ball before anyone, and he knows exactly where he needs to be. So he's just booking at all times because he knows what he has to do in order to win that rep for the defense. So this one play against the Cowboys – really shows where his feel and just his instincts kind of help him out as a pass rusher. So he's looping from the left side of the defense uh, along with Neville Hewitt. And it's, it's a two on two. The Cowboys should be able to block it uh, with the left guard and Ezekiel Elliott. But what Adams does so well is he kind of hides behind, kind of hides behind Hewitt, hesitates a little bit. So then the guard and Elliott pick up Hewitt and then Adams cuts outside. And now he's got a free lane to the quarterback. Prescott gets pressured. He throws the ball away. And that's just a product of his feel for the game. Most other players in that situation probably would have just looped around, not really added any nuance to their rush and just bumped right into Elliott uh, and not creating any pressure. But Adams feels it out, kind of goats Elliott into blocking Hewitt as well as the left guard and creates a lane for himself just through his instincts. So it's things like that where his, his IQ just feel for the game really makes things happen. Just the ability to, as he does on this play against the Cowboys, just feel it out. And the the Jets should not have been able to create pressure on that play because the Cowboys had enough men to block the rushers that were coming. But Adams just makes a really good heads-up play. Uh, And again, just goats Ezekiel Elliott into picking up uh, double-teaming Hewitt and thus creating a lane for himself to get to Dak Prescott. So things like that he does so well. Uh, And it's one of his many traits as a pass rusher, that makes him more than just a really good blitzer, but actually a good pass rusher. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. 
They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Michael, you have a stat here to back up all of what you're talking about in terms of just looking at various plays. Of the 352 players at any position in the NFL with at least 50 pass rush snaps in 2019, nobody created pressure at a higher rate than Adams. 25.6% picked up 23 pressures in just 90 opportunities. So like we said at the beginning, Michael, the efficiency of the pass rush here is phenomenal for Jamal Adams. Now, that would obviously go down if he were to, say, become a full-time edge rusher or rush the passer on a full-time basis in some regard. But to be able to do that the way that he does is absolutely phenomenal. It reminds me of somebody like, say, Kyle Korver, who's not a great all-around player, but he can come in and hit these three-pointers in key moments at an insanely efficient rate. It's different with Adams because he can do so much on the football field, but I'm just saying in terms of just focusing on that, Kyle Korver focuses on the three-pointers, and he's incredibly valuable just for that one skill. Adams is valuable for many skills, but when he focuses on this skill situationally, he is incredibly productive. Right, and that's actually a really good comparison with Korver because Kyle Korver is one of the greatest shooters of all time, most efficient shooters of all time, maybe the most but like, if, if you were taking the same shots that, say, Steph Curry were taking, he wouldn't be as efficient as Curry is because that's not his game. He can't bring the ball off the court and shoot off the dribble, step backs, things like that, that Curry does. And it's the same thing with, with uh, Jamal Adams. If he plays outside linebacker, he's not going to produce this, efficient, uh, produce this efficiently because you know he's still getting a lot of unblocked pressures. He's still 
Uh, when you're a blitzing defensive back, you have advantages that uh, edge rushers don't get on a play-to-play basis, you know, just being able to get some momentum coming off the ball. Again, sometimes you're – or a lot of the time you're unblocked. So it wouldn't be sustainable for him to carry that over to playing outside linebacker. And, again, he's just not big enough to play outside linebacker or edge defender in general. But uh, to go back to that Corver comparison, it, it's very similar because Kyle Corver, in his role as a three-point shooter – will convert them better than anyone else in the league. Just catch and shoot in the corner, off the ball, coming off screens. Uh, you know, the point guard will drive or whoever whoever else he's playing with. They'll, they'll attract the attention. You kick it out to him. And he'll knock it down as well as anybody. And that's Jamal Adams. As a pass rusher, he's not going to be a full-time pass rusher. But in his role, he's going to do it better than anybody else. And that's the stat that you brought up, that his pressure rate was higher than any other defensive player in the league who had at least 50 pass rush snaps. So uh, just goes to show how just unique he is for him to be able to do that as a safety. And he's just kind of, he's kind of redefining the way we look at the position because it's usually not something we expect out of safeties for them to make an impact in the passing game. But he's just so efficient that he's making all these plays on such a small volume. His He only rushed the quarterback 90 times out of his almost a thousand snaps that he played so that's less than 10% of his time on the field, but yet he's making all these huge plays, the strip sacks, the huge quarterback hits, the force incompletions, the, the pressure on the two-point conversion on the game winner against Dallas, which doesn't even count towards his total because it's on a two-point conversion. But um, Or maybe it does, I'm not sure. But still, he's making all these plays in such a small volume because he's so efficient with it. So it, that's what makes him so special in the pass rushing game. It's not something he's doing a lot because it's not his role as a safety, but he's doing it at such a unique rate for his position that he, it's just a bonus that, you know, most safeties don't bring to the table. He's still dominant against the run. He's still dominant in coverage. And then he throws this in as well with his pass rushing. And it really just brings everything together and makes him the best safety in the league right now. Michael, I know that we always say that sacks are not the be-all, end-all, and they definitely are not. But the fact that Adams had six and a half sacks and 13 quarterback hits in just 90 pass rush attempts, as we pointed out before, on top of the number of pressures, shows you just how deadly he was when he was deployed that way. It's incredible. The more that you really boil down these numbers and look at the tape, the more you start to understand just how talented Jamal Adams is at being a situational pass rusher from the safety position. Yeah, exactly. And you don't ever want to really look at uh, box score stats too much when it comes to a defensive player, you know, to the extent that it's reasonable because it's not always easy to find the advanced numbers. But uh, in the case of Adams, the box score numbers do match up with his, with his pressure totals and what you see on film. So for him to have six and a half sacks, the third most ever in a single season, by defensive back. The record is eight by Adrian Wilson in 2005. And Adams did miss two games, so he could have had a an outside chance of breaking that record. But he tied the record for quarterback hits by defensive back with 13 uh, with Roman Harper in 2011 with the Saints. And that was tied for the lead on the Jets this year with Jordan Jenkins, So, which is pretty uh, – as good as it is for Adams, that is sort of a – uh, a sign of how weak the Jets were on the edge. The fact that a safety is tied for the team lead and quarterback hits is not a good sign on the rest of the team. But <laughs> for Adams, it does tie the record for a defensive back. And so so the box score does match up 
with the pre- uh, with the pressures. He had that run on sacks in the middle of the season, had two against the Giants, three against the Redskins. So we got most of them in that stretch. But uh, for the most part, it's not really – for me, pers- I know a lot of people have their eyes on – and he, he himself has said that he has his eyes on that sack record. He's totally capable of breaking that record of eight sacks, but I'm not really concerned with that. As long as he's creating pressure – getting key quarterback hits. Uh, If he gets the occasional sack now and then, that's great. But uh, sacks themselves, especially for safety, he doesn't really have a ton of control over it. It just comes down to whether, uh, you know, the coverage is good enough, if the quarterback's holding the ball too long. But what he can control is doing what he does really well, and that's finding creative ways to beat blockers, timing his blitz really well, to create pressure and just force quarterbacks to make poor throws in key situations. And that's what he's done extremely well so he can get no sacks this year but if he's putting up 20 plus pressures again he's still making a huge impact so uh, what I'll have my eyes on is if he's going to break this pressure record again because as as you said at the beginning of the show 18 and 2018 that tied the record for safety since 2006 uh, which is when they first started tracking pressures uh, and then had 23 this year even missing two games so clobbering that previous record so we'll see if he can break that record again but uh, even if he doesn't, as long as he's still in that neighborhood, uh, it's just a, a huge bonus, everything he already does, that a safety should be able to do. Fair to say, Michael, that while Jamal Adams may not be the Jets' answer as far as dominant full-time pass rusher that they've been searching for since John Abraham was traded away, he's certainly a key piece of that puzzle. And while he may not be the guy, he can be one of several guys. Right, exactly. Like he's not going to solve it himself, but he's just a huge bonus. Most teams are not getting anything in the pass rushing game out of their safeties, and the teams that do have safeties who can rush the quarterback are generally sacrificing in other areas because their pass rushing skills or their size are you know hurting them in coverage or hurting them in run defense, and uh, their ability to blitz is just kind of why they're on the field. But again, it's not the case. With Adams, he's not doing it a ton. He does do it more than most safeties. He's near the top in terms of pass rush snaps. But still, it's not the only thing he brings to the table. He's able to get in there for his five to six times per game, get a couple of pressures, and then for the rest of the game, he's still thriving in coverage and thriving against the run. So really, he's bringing you just extra pressure, extra uh, heat on the quarterback that most teams are, are not getting out of that position and he's not sacrificing other parts of his game to do it. So he's a huge asset in, in the pass rushing phase, even if he's not going to you know start rushing the quarterback 15, 20 times a game, uh, which would then hurt the rest of the defense because he brings so much against the run and in coverage. But so even if he's not doing that, just how efficient he is at making the most of the small amount of opportunities that he does get uh, is a huge help to the defense because he's just bringing so much more above average than teams are supposed to get out of that position. So he's just always going to be give the team an extra edge in that in the pass rushing game, just with what he's able to do as a safety, the skills he has his snap timing, his finesse, his quickness, his power, his technique, things that safeties don't have that allow him to create pressure in situations where most other defensive backs would just, Uh, run as fast as they can towards the quarterback and get blocked out of the play without really having a counter to it. In those situations, Adams has the skill and just the feel for pass rushing to create pressure. And again, situations where 
other defensive backs wouldn't do anything. So he just brings you with his multitude of skills, the ability to create much more pressure than most teams are supposed to get from their defensive backfield. One might say that Jamal is so accomplished and so good at what he does that he is to NFL safeties what Michael Nania is to finding great stats about the Jets. <laughs> Michael Nania of JetsXFactor.com, as always, thanks so much for coming on for Chronicles of Nania. Really appreciate it. I know you've got tons of brand new content coming up at JetsXFactor every single day. So what's recent that people can sink their teeth into? Yeah, so one piece that I really enjoyed recently was looking at Brashad Perriman's career and projecting what stats he will put up in 2020, uh, giving him a ceiling, a floor, and a a prediction in the middle of that uh, because he's such a polarizing player, had an amazing month of December, but before that uh, was a really quiet player for the first about four and a half years of his career. So he's a really interesting projection. I did rank all the opposing backfields uh, on the Jets' schedule this year. Uh, all 13 of the opponents that they'll play. Uh, So there's definitely a lot of great stuff coming out every single day. I'm having so much fun doing it. I'm I'm impressing myself each each and every day with these new topics I can come up with. But uh, we're going deeper into this team than really anyone else out there is uh, by a huge margin. So it's definitely check out what we're doing at JetX. Follow Michael on Twitter at Michael underscore Nania and read his work as he just told you all about at JetsXFactor.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.